I mean, if you're if you're 10 years away from retirement and you're still banking on what the market's going to do, I think you're really underplanned when it comes to retirement. You know, we want to use the market as a tool where we can take advantage of market volatility, but we don't want to be victim to market volatility. If you believe we can change the narrative, if you believe we can change our communities, if you believe we can change the outcomes, then we can change the world. I'm Rob Richardson. Welcome to Disruption Now. Welcome to Disruption Now. I'm your host and moderator, Rob Richardson. I'm Tunde Ogumana. Rich Antonucci. And we are honored to have Rich on the show today. We're, you know, this is part of our ongoing coverage to really help you through the COVID-19 crisis. This thing, Rich, has really shook up people's um, confidence and it shook up the markets. Markets still seem to be pretty volatile, uh, volatile, I should say. And, um, you know, so people are kind of getting some guidance, but right now you're, you're, you're kind of dealing in, in, in this area. What do you see as the most commonly asked question right now? And how do you advise them through that question? So, uh, so Rob, thanks for the question. Great to be with you today. Um, just a, a quick reminder on my role. So I'm a, the regional vice president with Prudential and uh, my specialty is retirement planning. So my job is I work with financial professionals, helping those financial professionals build plans for their clients when it comes to retirement planning. So the individuals I'm speaking with every day are financial professionals. Right. I, I also do a lot of um, client interaction. We do a lot of seminars and education campaigns with my financial advisors for their clients. So to answer your question about the most often question I get is, is pretty much what's the market going to do? You know, that's kind of the magic question. <laughs> you can say that all the time. You're worth your weight and gold, brother. Well, and I think part of the education we do is we work with people to make sure that their retirement is not so dependent on what the market does day to day. I mean, if you're if you're 10 years away from retirement and you're still banking on what the market's going to do, I think you're really underplanned when it comes to retirement. You know, we want to use the market as a tool where we can take advantage of market volatility, but we don't want to be victim to market volatility. And I think that's something that can be achieved if you have a sound financial plan and you're working with a financial professional. So what are some what are some ways to do that? I think that's a really good scope to say, like, you know, so you're not subject to market volatility, but you know, you have a long-term plan. I'm a person, let's just take myself here, you know, some ways away from retirement, not in my twenties either. So you know, I look at this as the second big volatile event to happen uh, literally in my generation, in my lifetime, right when I started as a working professional was, the, of course, 08. And now we got this. What advice do you give someone looking at the market that is in my shoes right now who still got some time in the market, but, but are seeing a pretty unstable position right now? Yeah. So when it, when it comes specific to your retirement, what I would ask you, Rob, is think about your own personal retirement. And think about what concerns you when it comes to your future retirement. You know, whether you're 10 years, 20 years, 30 years away from retirement, is there anything that concerns you when it comes to your retirement? Yeah, oh, you're asking me back that. Oh, you asked me that. Yeah. Look, I just want to, my goal of retirement is to really make sure that there's enough there that I can keep living or maybe even exceeding the current lifestyle I have right now. So, you know, my goal is to make sure that it grows. So I invested it, you know, pretty, pretty significantly. Um, and you know what, I'll tell you very directly what, what is, what has concerned me is that how much, 
I think the market is pretty unstable at this point. I was still investing it, at the, you know, but I think right now um, I, I kind of held, I did, I did, I, I did from the advice of, you know, my, one of my financial planners, which is the guy to the left of me. And, you know, a lot, a lot of my stuff is in stable position and I moved it in cash and then I'm going to invest more because the market's going to, there's still market opportunities and things like that. But I think people are losing their mind right now. So, a lot of my new money will go towards investing because I still believe in the market growing. But I think a lot of people would be, I'm not as nervous because I'm not as risk adverse. I'm pragmatic. Like I said, that's why I moved some of my current money into a position that I was like, okay, I know I have this. But for some who might be fearful of this moment because they see what's happening, what would you tell them in the long run? Particularly, you know, you deal in, uh, in annuities, excuse me. So the first thing I always encourage everyone to do when it comes to their retirement money is think about what you want that money to do for you, right? So, you know, I, pres- I prescribe to an acronym uh, called GPS. So think of grow, pass, or spend, right? Grow, pass, or spend. That covers most people's three main objectives when it comes to their retirement money, right? You want to grow and protect it for future use in retirement or you want to pass it on as a legacy when you die, or you want to spend it down as a personal pension, giving you income in retirement. Got it. Typically what we see for a lot of people is they have multiple buckets, right? If you're younger and further away from retirement, you're typically focused on the grow bucket, Yep. right? If you're very high net worth and you're not so concerned about running out of income, you're more concerned about leaving a legacy, that's the past bucket. But for the vast majority of us, when we're focused on our retirement money, we're focused on that spend bucket, you know, and the way we deal with retirement today is different than our parents and grandparents. You know, a generation ago, most Americans had a pension on which they could rely, right? You worked for a company for 30 years. When you retired, you got your gold watch and you got your pension, right? So it was up to the company you worked for to make sure you always had money to live on. Right. So very few, very few Americans had like a nest egg to live on in retirement. And if you had a nest egg, you spent it on the kids or the grandkids. Well, today, most people don't have pensions, right? If you work for a Fortune 500 company, you don't have a pension. You have an IRA or a 401k, right? Which are great vehicles for saving for retirement, but the difference is responsibility, right? The responsibility is no longer on an employer. The responsibility is on us to determine how do we take that investment And how do we convert that investment into a payment stream to give us enough income to live the lifestyle we want to live, but not so much income that we run out of money before we run on the break, right? That's the challenge. Yeah. Today, you want to jump in anything? This is great. And Rich, thanks for joining us. Um, And uh, to to expand a little bit on the relationship uh, and even for the audience here, I would be considered a client of Rich and his firm at Prudential. Uh, So I own a wealth management firm. We work with individual families, clients, and helping them and providing solutions in areas just like this, you know, income planning, retirement, tax deferral, all that kind of stuff. And what happens is someone like me, I have, I need to have resources too. And that's one thing I've really appreciated about Rich and his firm at Prudential because they are uh, not only great resources in providing these products, but also in providing strategies, ideas, and kind of the resources of the firm itself. You know, the attorneys at the home office level, people like Rich. So what happens is 
everything he's saying is spot on. And, and I even wrote a few notes down here. I mean, one of the things, and Rich, I appreciated the way you said that about the markets, because I find that human psychology, the greed and fear factor, so many people, we all know um, kind of like intellectually, buy low, sell high. But human psychology usually drives people to buy high and sell low. And the other thing that I found a lot in, in my practice over the years is a lot of people have an unrealistic expectation about the stock market. Like they're just going to give you some money and it's a casino and it's just going to just magically just explode into some, some much bigger multiple. Um, and I think obviously we're filming this in, in April of 2020. So this, this recent COVID scare, the market crash, all that is just a good reminder. I've been telling clients that risk does exist. And one of the things I appreciate about Rich, the relationship that you give us really is a solution to things like income and guarantees. And because what I find is at a certain point in life, even the most aggressive investors, once they hit their 70s, people get tired at that age of dealing with these ups and downs and dealing with all of these fluctuations. And I think you put it best that like, Talking about these these products as streams of income, I think it's a little bit of a psychology psychological dance people sometimes need to play because we're conditioned. We're all in our forties here on this on these screens here, so we're conditioned from the time we got into a job in our twenties to continue to plow money into a, an account called a four hundred one k that's going to keep growing. And I think that one thing that you guys offer is is the education and the reality kind of look that. You know, you'll be 75, but but Rob, talking back to you to pick on you about your retirement, yeah. uh, if I can call you a client, then um, is, sure. is, 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 you know, what are you going to do at 80 years old with millions of dollars piled up, just piled up there, right? At some point, it has to become a stream of income for you. So that's, I think, the transition that Rich- Which is a problem I'm, I'm hoping to have. Yeah, no, but- One, I'll live that have, long, and then D, I have money like that. So yes. And, and you're a good example too, Rob, because as an entrepreneur, you know, one thing that, that, that Rich uh, has, has enlightened me to, really a lot of things in life are language, right? Is, is sometimes it's just about the idea that as an entrepreneur, you don't have a pension. So one thing that we describe, you know, the, 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 the products that Rich offers is really these are self-funded pensions. You're taking a lump sum of money that you had built up over years here. And now when Rob's 65 or whatever age he decides he wants to retire, he can basically move it to a firm like Prudential and they'll give him a guaranteed stream of income so that Rob no longer has to worry about the market or other things like that in terms of meeting his retirement goals. So that's... Um, you know, that's yeah, my two cents here, that it's it's a very important um, topic, but it's not just about the products, it's about the right. concepts and understanding how these things fit into the overall plan. I think that's the most important thing. Yeah, what's the, what's the what, what do you think is the most important piece of advice you can give your clients, I guess, which are financial advisors? And, you know, a lot of those folks, we're not, we're not talking to all financial advisors here, but when people see this, Rich, this current environment, that is, you know, it's, it's probably, like I said, it's always ups and downs right now. It's a little more, uh, it's a little more topsy-turvy and we've had a market that's been steady and people are used to it like this, which is also not normal. Uh, but it's been like this. When you guys think about this, you guys, how, how do you, how do you plan this out? Do you think of it in a, in a 10 or 20 years? Do you look at market indexes in terms of how things are going? Like what is your general view from 30,000 feet? Yeah, so I mean, retirement planning is a long-term game. 
right? And so one of the things I always help advisors stay focused on is teaming up a long-term strategy for a long-term objective. And one of the mistakes I've seen many financial advisors make along with many clients is t- taking a long-term objective and using a short-term strategy, mm. right? So, you know, what we try to do is we try to use the bucket approach, right? So using that acronym GPS, identify the buckets of money we need to grow, we want to pass, and we want to spend, and identifying a time frame for each objective and matching up the time frame with the particular objective. Yeah, no, that makes sense. That makes sense. I mean, Tunde mentioned, you know, Tunde mentioned annuities. Um, I happen to specialize in retirement planning and I work for Prudential annuities. So annuities are a big part of what we do. And, you know, annuities are one of those things that you hear a lot of mixed press on. You know, you hear good things about annuities, you hear bad things about annuities. And I think the reasons why you hear both good and bad things about annuities is there are many different types of annuities. An annuity is just a tool like any other, right? If you use it in the right place, it works. And if you don't use it in the right place, it doesn't. And an annuity is not something that's right for everyone. It's not right for everyone. Well, well, why don't you just, just, we're assuming everybody knows, but why don't you say, A, what an annuity is, and then B, you know, different ways that are some of the better annuities from your perspective and ones that have gone the wrong direction. So, so the term annuity, really the, the definition of annuity is a, is a lifetime payment, right? So social security is an annuity. A pension is an annuity. So all an, an annuity means is you're gonna have a payment that's gonna last the rest of your life. So companies, investment companies like Prudential manufacture types of annuities for clients. And there are dozens of types of annuities, right? We have immediate annuities, fixed annuities, variable annuities, fixed variable annuities, fixed index annuities. There's dozens of types. Now at Prudential, we only offer annuities through financial professionals. You can't come to Prudential directly and and purchase an annuity. And the reason for that is they're complex products and we wanna make sure that you're working with a financial professional and you have professional advice. So I think it's not really so much a matter of, you know, which annuities are better than others. It's just a matter of using the type of annuity that's really right for your goal. I will tell you the most popular annuities that that I see used are variable annuities. And a, a lot of the a lot of the criticisms you hear about annuities apply to a specific type of annuity. So a lot of people assume that if you use an annuity to give you a payment stream, you give up control of the money. That is true in some annuities, but it's not true in a variable annuity. A lot of people assume if you give an investment company a lump sum of money and they give you a payment stream, you're just spending your own money. And if you live a long time, you win. And if you die soon, the investment company wins. And that is true for some types of annuities. It's not true for a variable annuity. So of the business that we do at Prudential, we've been a leader in the annuity space for a long time. We do most of our business in variable annuities, but there are other types of annuities that are emerging, like fixed variable annuities. The industry is is always evolving. And I'll tell you, Rob, you know, I've been doing this, this will be my 19th year with Prudential. I've never seen more innovation than I'm seeing right now by Prudential and the other companies that we compete with. I mean, this 
this pandemic that we've seen is changing a lot of things, right? It's changed. It is, isn't it? Changed our social interactions. It's certainly changed the markets. It's also changing the investment landscape. And do you think that's going to be a, what's your what's your what's your thought on that? Do you think this COVID nineteen is going to be it's going to make permanent changes? You're going to see some innovation come out of this that's going to be lasting, or do you think it could just uh, revert back? So, you know, I, I'm very the COVID nineteen pandemic really concerns me in terms of how it's going to impact the country, how it's going to impact the economy, and I think a lot of things are going to change. I think a lot of things are just not going to be the way we once knew them to be. When ter- in terms of the investment landscape, I think there's no question that the products and solutions we have available to us will be different. And the main driver of that, Rob, is interest rates. You know, when an investment company is building a product to give someone guarantees, that company needs to build a plan to be able to offer those guarantees. And, that, and that's done through hedging strategies. That's why you typically see the bigger investment companies that have more assets under management and more scale typically have much more competitive products because they have more buying power in the hedging markets. And the price that you pay, that a company pays for hedges is based on interest rates. So a way to think about it is in general, when interest rates are higher, it's much easier for insurance companies and investment companies to build products to give people guarantees. When so you expect it to go up, uh, I assume. Well, what I'm seeing is, in terms of the interest rate environment, it's been astronomically low for a really long time anyway. Well, and especially if you look at what's happened over the last six weeks. When we look at interest rates, we're looking at the 10-year treasury, right? The, the U.S. 10-year treasury is really the barometer for fixed interest rates in the, in the investment industry. The high so far this year was 1.84%. That happened in March. The low was 53 basis points. That's about half of a percent. And right now we're sitting at 60 basis points. Puts a lot of pressure on investment companies. And I think as a result, we're going to see the products and solutions change. We're also going to see the players change in the investment business. Now that doesn't necessarily mean that these products are going to get better or worse. They're just going to get, they're going to be different as companies need to adapt to the low interest rate environment. Do you think the low interest rate environment sticks though? So Prudential is, so the short answer is yes. Okay, interesting, all right. Yeah, Prudential is, is, is one of the largest asset managers on the planet. We manage about $1.7 trillion. We're one of the largest fixed income managers in the planet. We manage about $850 billion. So we have one of the largest fixed income teams on the planet. I have access to individuals who are much smarter than myself, much more seasoned than myself. And I'm always picking their brains on on what the markets will do, but more importantly to us, what will happen in 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 the interest rate environment, right? What interest rates are gonna do. And Prudential's prediction is we are in a low for long interest rate environment. We don't see, when we look at demographics, we look at the pressure on the U.S. 10-year Treasury and how even though it seems low to us, when you compare it to Germany and Japan, which those are kind of the three you know, bellwethers for the world in terms of safety, it's U.S., Germany, and Japan. We're at 60 basis points, but Germany and Japan are negative. So we're seeing a lot of money flood into our Treasury system, keeping our rates low. So with that, so what are your concerns? Well, I have two questions. One, you talked about some general concerns of uh, the COVID-19 crisis. I'd like to ask you that question. 
The second question I'd like to ask is, so are, are, do you have any concerns about how much money is flooding the market? I mean, I'm just as a, and how that's happening. I mean, I kind of do, but just from a common sense point of view, but I'd like to hear your takes on those. Yeah. So in, in terms of what concerns me about, about the, the pandemic, you know, we're seeing a lot of disruption to the economy. And I think talking specifically about the, the equity market now, I don't think a lot of what is happening is being considered in the equity market. I think a lot of people have been at home, you know, we're, we're, we're finding ways to work from home, we're limiting our outside activity. But I think what's going to happen is once the next quarter's numbers come out, and we see how devastating it's been. Once we continue to see unemployment rise, and one, once people come out of their shells a little bit and go down the main street and realize, oh, my dry cleaner's closed, my favorite restaurant's closed, you know, my favorite bar is closed. As a lot of these businesses continue to close up, and I just think it's gonna be very difficult for us to continue moving forward at the rate of growth we have been. Now, there's a lot of talk about the recovery, right? Will it be a U-shaped recovery? Will it be a V-shaped recovery? I'm very optimistic that we will have a V-shaped recovery because overall, we still have pretty strong fundamentals. But it, it does concern me. The employment numbers do concern me. And uh, just the productivity, the drop in productivity concerns me. Yep. Second part of that question, what about the money in terms of it being so just, you know, we just, we have a lot of money out there and is that adding value to the system or is it just propping it up for the current being just totally just hypothetical question? Cause that's what I'm just curious about from your point of view. So, this, so I'm going to give you my personal opinion, which does not represent the opinion of Prudential. I'm okay. That's fine. I like, I, I like that. In the short term. Yes. I think in the short term, what we're doing, adding all of these trillions of dollars into the system is good. But over the long term, I think it's very bad. You know, it's, it's very, I would agree. you know, it, it's concerning. I'm just to, thinking of a person that's just math. It doesn't seem like it works. <laughs> yeah. I mean, in, in the short term, it works. Yeah, absolutely. The question is like, what do we need to change to make sure that long term, it doesn't collapse the system? I think that's if, my question. It sounds like it's going to be a lot. It has to me thinking of, it seems like our taxes are going to be through the roof. Cause I don't know how else we're going to, some, some, at some point, these things are going to have to get paid for, but that's just me talking too. So like, I just, Eventually, you have to pay for things, I would think. I mean, because what I think 2008 taught me is that bubbles are real, and eventually you have to pay things. So, like, yeah, uh, that's probably true with governments, too. So, Well, and the, th- the thing, to, to your point, Rob, I agree with you 100%. And so, so we add all this money into the system, that's fine, because we're at a point now where we're, we're getting everyone to agree. The thing that concerns me is now, okay, we get through the pandemic, we start to open up things. We're going to have to make real systemic changes to the system to adapt to all the money we flooded into the system. And my concern is they're not going to be able to get consensus and nothing's going to get done. Hmm, yeah, that, that sounds like mm-hmm. us. Yeah. <laughs> sounds like the modern American political system. It's true. It's true. <laughs> That's funny. I guess, you know, as, as kind of a finish it up, because I don't have a whole lot. Uh, what kind of gives you some hope, I guess, about the future in this we're, we're clearly in a dark moment. We're clearly in a uncertain moment for, for folks. What gives you some hope about the future? So, you know, I, I'm an optimist by nature, you know, especially when it, when it comes to the, the investment world and retirement planning. You know, I, for the last 19 years, I've, I've really dedicated my career to working with financial professionals, 
helping those financial professionals build plans so their clients can retire with certainty. And if there's one silver lining out of this pandemic, I think a lot of people's eyes have been open to, you know, there's real value in working with a financial professional. I know a lot of people were saying, you know, I don't, I don't need to work with a financial professional. I'm going to go to Vanguard or E-Trade. I'm just going to do it myself either because they didn't think they needed the advice, they didn't want to pay for the advice, they didn't think they could afford it. But you know, based on what we saw happen in, in the first quarter, the people who were working with financial professionals were prepared, and the people who weren't working with financial professionals, by and large, were not prepared. And I think the biggest value I see in working with a financial professional is really having someone who helps you stay on track. You know, Tunde referenced earlier that you know, everyone knows the objective is to buy low and sell high, but the vast majority of people do the opposite. So I'm hopeful that as a result of all this, more people will be working with financial professionals, more people will be getting financial advice. And I do think the products and services available to those financial professionals will be improving. I mean, we're seeing it at Prudential. Right now, we're innovating. We're designing new products and we're launching new solutions over the coming months that I think are going to be really impactful to Americans who are planning for retirement. Rich Antonucci, I appreciate you coming on the show, man. Rob, appreciate it. Really great to be with you guys. Hope to be back soon.